Did you know you can get all of our podcasts on our free podcast app? Head over to rawattractionpodcast.com to download the app now. For the world's most ecstatic love and sex podcasts, bonus videos, and exclusive articles, head to rawattractionpodcast.com to get the free app now. You'll be pleased to hear that I have a previous guest back on due to popular demand and also I got the chance to meet him in person in Thailand which was and see him speak which was a really great experience at um, I think called the Awesomeness Fest uh, by Mind Valley and so we've got him back Mr. Coop Blackson hello how are you doing how are you it's great to be here it's really great to be back great to meet you in uh, Thailand and uh, lovely to be back it's great to have you back so, following on from my last podcast where we talked about many things in the love and relationships genre, well, today I really want to focus on self-love because I think seemingly in the past few weeks on this planet, there's been a lot of an explosion of different things happening which must be triggering people, which certainly triggering me into reflecting myself of how important self-love is and how how can we find this self-love with, within us with so much chaos going on outside us. Um, so my first question would be just exactly that. With all this chaos of Ukraine, Iraq, Robin Williams dying recently, just so many things going on, that, how how can we find the space to love ourselves when there's so much to be I don't know wary about within the human species at the moment? Mm. Mm. Oh, I hear you. Yeah, there's you know there's a lot of intense things going on in the world, at least on the surface. A lot of intense experiences. You know, someone we all love, Robin Williams, uh, you know, dying and just just a lot happening. And, you know, I think in reality, for millions of years, there's always been a lot happening. And I think there will always be a lot happening. And, you know, life is intense. Life is challenging. Life is uh, full of ups and downs and problems. And it's certainly not perfect in any way. And uh, it's very testing, you know. And I think, to me, I don't even know if I would say, how can we find self-love? How do we find love? Because I think in reality, at that deepest level, uh, what we are that we have forgotten, which really then creates so many problems and challenges uh, in the forgetting of which the truth of what we are, what we are truly in and of itself is love itself, that you, I, all of us at the core of our being, we are love. When we're born as children, we're born free, we're born in touch with a sense of infinity, we're born in touch with a sense of this love nature. If you look at a baby, if you look at a child, when a, when a baby is born and just starts growing, before it starts getting conditioned and programmed with pain and trauma and suffering and you know all, all the conditioning that starts happening to a child, before a child learns <clears throat> how to... Uh, disconnect and avoid pain and and create all these survival tactics and mechanisms and personas and masks to fit in to function Uh, you know ultimately we learn to do that as a way to survive we learn to do that as a way to get validation because we end up 
disconnecting from who we are and we develop layers and out of that disconnection from what we are as i was saying if you look at a child uh, a young baby a young child we look into a child's eyes i think that the reason we all melt in our hearts open and we we just we soften because we look into this child's eyes and we are all reminded of our own true nature <clears throat> we're all reminded of our own essence we're all reminded of you know a child is love a child a baby looks into your eyes and, and it's just pure love no preconceptions no conditioning no well you're black you're white you're green you're jewish you're buddhist you're muslim you're catholic you're you know a an alien it's just love and i think it reminds us that baby reminds us of our own nature the child reminds us of the own inherent love that we are but because of our conditioning and programming we disconnect from that and we forget that and as a result we get distracted we get disconnected and we begin to seek outside to try and reconnect with the essential nature with our own truth to try and get love from the outside which is never really fulfilling so for me it's 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 not about finding love because there's so many different ways we have tried to find to find love through money, through food, through sex, through working, through, I mean, uh, selling ourselves out and betraying ourselves and being nice and people pleasing. And ultimately, you know, seeking that love outside is never truly fulfilling because what we're really seeking is ourselves. What we're really seeking is that connection to ourselves. So to me, it's not about finding it essentially. Uh, it's really about peeling away the layers, the identities, the preconceived ideas, the pain, the, the conditioning, the masks that we have developed and built up over time to function, to fit in, to survive, to peel those layers away, those illusions of who we think we are, who we have manufactured ourselves to be, to, to let those go, to peel away, those away like an onion so that we can relax and rest back into our true nature and what I found that as we feel those feelings that we've learned to suppress that cover up our true nature you know as children you know if you look at a child a baby will cry when it's when it's when it's upset or cry when it's hungry and you know laugh when it's happy and it's just there's no disconnection from its feelings but over time we learn to disconnect from feelings those feelings get stored and trapped in our physiology in our emotional body in our energetic system and, and we don't have access to that natural essential state. So as we let those layers go, as we feel our feelings, as we release, as we purify, as we heal, uh, we connect more deeply with what we are. And what we are is not something we find. What we are is what we have always been already the case all along from the beginning of time. Uh, but we just forgot. And what remains is the reality that we are love. I am love. So I think most powerful thing we can do especially in these times is not even to try and change what's out there or bring peace to what's out there on the physical level because to me all the 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 events of the world the wars the challenges all these things outside really are physical manifestations physical expressions physical reflections of our 
collective consciousness as a humanity is an outpicturing of the war that is going on inside of us, the war that we wage with ourselves, the, the internal conflict that we wage with our own minds, the, the self-hate. It's not just hatred for other countries, other people, other races, other religions. It's what, what we do to ourselves, our non-acceptance of ourselves. And I think where we must start is peeling those layers away and reconnecting with who we are because as we do that we realize whoa i am love my nature is love and from that place there is a fullness from that place there is a peace from that place there is a joy from that place there is a inner fulfillment and inner radiance that will begin to just blossom from the inside out and then from that fullness from that completion from that inherent wholeness our actions, our way of being, our way of speaking, our motivations, our, what, what, our drives totally transform. And then you can go into life and engage life from a different place. And what I found is as I have gotten more in touch with who I truly am at the core, then as I know who I am, then I know who you are. But I can't really know who you are if I don't really know who I am. And as I know who I am, which is love, which is pure consciousness, which is infinite, at that level, you and I, and you and everyone, and me and everyone, and all of us at that deepest level, beyond nationality, beyond apparent separation, we are one. We are one. And to me, that recognition of who I am is love. And at that level, <clears throat> there's just oneness. And in that oneness, only love can be present because if I know who I am and I realize, well, I, I, I am you and you are me. It doesn't matter what we look like. We, we're really one at that. Yes, we look different. We're different ages, different colors, different you know, nationalities. But that's just covering on the surface that I'm love, you're love, we are one. Then, you know, the natural, what I found is the natural response is love. The natural outpouring uh, from my expression is love. And I think love is our nature, but we have forgotten. And more than ever in these times, our responsibility, our mandate, our job, our, you say, what's my life's purpose? Our life's purpose is to recognize, to realize, to reawaken, to wake up. Our gift to humanity is to wake up to what we are, which is love itself, and live that and be lived by that, you know, uh, more than ever. And I think from that place, wars will cease because if I realize I am you and you are me and we are one and there's a brotherhood, doesn't matter who my mother is and who your mother is, doesn't matter what my religion is and what you believe, it's just we're one, then how can I not love you? How, if we're one... How can I really harm you truly? You know, how can I not want to serve you and cooperate and, and love? There's, there's no separation uh, at that deepest level. So I, I feel that that's what's necessary, especially in these times, a, a, a spiritual awakening, so to speak, that then gets to be integrated into life. So to me, to know who we are, you know, it's like, well, you talk about self-love. You know, there's self-love with a small s, and that's, False love, because that's you know just love of the ego structure. But real self-love is is love itself. Real self is love with a big S. And uh, <clears throat> to me, that's oneness. So I think we we have to reconnect with that oneness and uh, live from that place. And and uh, <clears throat> and then fear drops away. You know, I'm no longer afraid of you. How can I be afraid of you? Really, at the deepest level, 
you're me. We're one. You know, fear, and when fear drops away, there's peace. So I believe it has to start with us. And uh, it's not something we find. It's just something we reconnect with within ourselves as we peel those layers away. Mm. I agree with you. Um, but I would like to talk about maybe there's one step we have to do before that. After reading a book by Barry Long, the now deceased um, spiritually enlightened um, Australian guy, He's, he wrote a book or he wrote essays that led to the book called uh, The Way In, A Journey to Self-Discovery. And towards the end of the book, he talks, it talks about um, Siddhartha before he was Buddha and that he sat and he encountered the truth of the world inside his own body that he there was living fear anxiety and he saw it all within himself you may well know the story and and when he inquired to what it is he he could see that it was the misery the misery of being mortal condemned to disease um and kind of just living in the world as it is or as it is now i don't know if it was as bad for him because it was so long ago but um he noticed this misery and the only I'm feeling that the only way we can get to self-love is to um, or just be fully aware that we are self-love like you're talking about is to be fully aware of this unmoving uh, misery that's taking us to these distressing places as a human species and he he notes that there's no there's no effort in um noticing this misery it's just a matter of when you have your intention on it it's remain stationary but do you feel that we need to um look at both sides of the coin before we can really step as a species fully into love yeah i think it's important to, to acknowledge the humanness to acknowledge our feelings and our misery and our sadness and and feel it and not wallow in it because you know there's a reason we're feeling that way there's a reason we feel the separation and the anxiety and the pain and the disconnection and the suffering and you know but to me all those feelings the whole range depression and you know is is really a a signal to me there's no good or bad feelings there's just energy that's moving and those feelings that aren't so pleasant, call it misery, call it depression, whatever you want to call it, that may not, I don't even want to put a label on it as, oh, that's a bad feeling and that's a good feeling. It's just energy moving that might be a lot more stuck. To me, is a signal of a part of us that we have suppressed, a part of us that we have denied, a part of us that we've disconnected from, a part of us that we have, you know, that's blocked, a part of us that we have abandoned the part of us that we haven't wanted to deal with and and suppress so deeply inside of us that our energy is blocked and when we suppress those parts of us then over time it turns into sickness it turns into depression uh, it turns into insanity it turns into feeling frustrated so i believe that there's a reason we feel those negative darker feelings those those energies and it's not about denial it's about embracing all of those feelings and, and opening the door, going into the darkness, not wallowing in it. Because sometimes, if we're not careful, I think many times we can get addicted to it. Oh, this feels terrible. Just get addicted to the suffering. So it's with total awareness and total knowing of, okay, I'm a human 
being having a human experience and it's not about denying any aspect of the rainbow of life because life contains everything it contains light and dark it contains you know yin and yang you know night and day so to to go into the darkness and embrace it and feel it and because i believe that every feeling that we feel authentically with awareness every feeling that we feel and process through will dissolve so that's why i say there's no <clears throat> good feelings or bad feelings. There's just energy that's moving, and you know those feelings that we might label as bad, those feelings that we might label as negative, those feelings that we might judge as oh, I, sh I shouldn't feel this, uh, are just signals of parts of us that need our attention, need our compassion, need to be felt and released, need to be acknowledged, need to be unblocked, unsuppressed. And I believe when we feel them in a healthy way, with total awareness and compassion, will uh, will unravel and heal and transform and dissolve and dissipate and uh, but you know we've been conditioned as children to not feel those parts we often condition as children don't cry don't be sad don't feel that way be good and so we learn to stuff all those parts of ourselves we learn to shut down and disconnect and as a result <clears throat> we've learned to uh, we've learned to manage by not feeling the abandonment, the pain, the trauma, and then we go through life carrying all this, you know, we'll call it darker energies and unexpressed, unfelt emotion in our system, in our hearts, in our bodies, that then eventually turn into feeling depressed and miserable, that then turn into anger, then turn into you know, we don't it then express as someone kills someone because that 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 unprocessed pain just eventually built up over 30, 40, 50 years. And one day someone triggered it, pushed the wrong button and that person reacted. So I think all of ourselves need to be embraced. And to me, real loving is bringing real healing rather is bringing love to those parts of ourselves that are hurting. So if there's parts of ourselves that are hurting, that the real healing is to hold that part like we would a child and to love those parts of ourselves. And through that self, through that loving, through that compassion is where the healing happens and is where those wounded parts of ourselves uh, begin to transform and heal and uh, come back into uh, wholeness again, you know, so, I think it's it's a process of bringing love and embracing the whole the whole of us, not just parts of us. And to me, that's that that's what it is to love ourselves. Is not just embracing all the parts of ourselves that we like and and you know that have been affirmed. And but to embrace all of ourselves, even those parts of ourselves that we don't like and we judge. And to I think what's also important is to really have a to shift to be able to shift our relationship with ourselves. I often say that the issue is not the issue. The real issue is how we relate to ourselves as we go through the issue. And I think the more we can shift our relationship with ourselves and hold ourselves with compassion, even, even to be able to uh, love the part of ourselves that we judge and even love the fact that love the part of ourselves that might be judging ourselves because even you know every behavior every every behavior every response every behavior has a positive intention you know that is trying to get us something so sometimes it, it can be hard to love 
parts of ourselves that we don't like and can be hard to, to love certain parts of ourselves. But if we're able to take a step back and ask ourselves, what's this, what's this part of myself that I'm judging? I, I hate this part because it's doing this addiction. It's doing this pattern. It's reacting this way. It's responding this way with friends, in relationships. It's sabotaging. To really ask ourselves, what's this part trying to get me? That even that part has an intention. Perhaps it's trying to protect us. And that's the only way it knows how. Perhaps it's trying to keep us safe. Perhaps it's, it's what is it trying to do? And to, to, bring, to bring love. And I'll, I'll never forget uh, working with a client one-on-one and uh, an amazing guy. And the first time I met this guy, you know, he, he, you know he'd always basically define himself as a shy guy and eventually got very upset because he felt he was sabotaging his greatness. He was sabotaging him shining his light. He would constantly be dimming his light. You know, I feel like there's so much light inside of us. And this guy was dimming his light so that people wouldn't really see him. And he was in the background and he defined himself as I'm shy. I'm a supporter. And he was married to a woman who was very outspoken, very successful, very out there in the community. But eventually he felt so much pain and frustration and, 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 and anger at himself because he wanted to express more of himself. He wanted to express more of his light, more of his gifts. He wanted to up his life and gain to another level. But something was, was blocking him and he, you know, he had a lot of judgment, a lot of anger towards himself. And he was pretty harsh on himself, critical and judging and like, what's wrong with me and and, and let's just say he wasn't loving himself. He wasn't loving what he was doing in that moment. And, and, you know, when we judge ourselves, all we tend to do is reinforce the very thing we're judging, reinforce the pattern, which ultimately often keeps us stuck doing that very thing even more. So as I worked with him, I looked at him and I said, you know, you're, I said to him, you're, you're, you're a lion, but you've been living like a mouse. And uh, at this stage, he was caught in a, in a, in a self-judgment, self-hatred, self-anger loop. And, he, and his thing was, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why do I keep, why am I stuck? Why do I keep hiding? And, and uh, as I worked with him, you know, we, he was able to take a step back. As I worked with him, I'll never forget, I asked him a few questions. And on one of those days, I asked him a few questions. The next day, he came back to me and he said, Coot, I've been crying for the last hours since we spoke and those questions you asked me triggered something i've been crying for hours tears because i'm 50 something years old i haven't cried for maybe 50 years i've suppressed so much but i had a memory where i was sexually molested when i was about five years old by my uncle i was sexually molested by my uncle and you know i was i was one of three boys and it was painful and, and I literally forgot about it, went blank, suppressed it so deeply for 50 years that I didn't even remember it until you asked me. And all this grief and all this pain and all this emotion just came flooding out. And what had happened was here was this five-year-old kid who was bright, who was alive, who was radiant, who was free, who was you know just shining. And something happened and someone took advantage of it. Something happened that really should not have happened to a five-year-old at that time. And as a five-year-old, unconsciously, he made up in his own mind that to be seen is not safe. To, to be out there, to be radiant, to be shining my light is not safe. Bad things happen. So unconsciously, his survival mechanism, without thinking about it, for good intent, uh, was to go into hiding, was to suppress himself, was to be quiet, and which, which 
created him into being a shy in you know in the background quiet person because unconscious unconsciously there was this sort of erroneous understanding if no one sees me if i'm not seen and i'm not heard and no one sees me then i can't be hurt because to be seen equals danger to be seen equals pain so he'd been living this way his entire life and carrying a lot of pain that he didn't even know he had so as a result his hiding his hiding in his life his sabotaging his success because to really succeed and step into that next level of success meant being seen meant being public meant being out there which unconsciously was scary for a part of him so he'd learned a survival tactic to keep himself safe so when he understood that he was able to see that well even in my negative behavior even in my self-sabotage there is a positive intention and from that place the real healing was to bring loving to that five-year-old part of him to bring loving to that part of him that he denied and disconnected from and there's always parts of ourselves that we have suppressed that we have disconnected from that we have disowned that we have forgotten about as a way to survive to fit in to function to deal with our circumstance and experience and life so to me real healing is to bring loving to all those different parts of ourselves and bring them back into ourselves and to acknowledge even if we may not like the behavior that we're doing or the pattern that we're repeating to acknowledge the underlying intent, the underlying intention for this guy was to keep himself safe. And which is a beautiful intention, it's just the way he was going about it wasn't right. But when he was able to see the intention, he was able to have compassion for that part of himself which opened his heart and allowed him to soften his heart to be much more compassionate to himself. So I think. We, we really must uh, love all of ourselves. And through that, we come into wholeness. Mm, I totally agree. And this completely comes up within relationships more than anything. As Teal Scott mentioned on our first podcast she did, she said that love flushes, love in a relationship flushes on up to the surface everything that love is not. And that requires being seen on a deep level if you want deep intimacy and um, go into the depths of love that we we long for as human beings. Um, so for those people who are in relationships at the moment or perhaps going to be in one, I'm sure everyone listening probably wants a relationship again, how do we activate that self-love within us, um, how to embrace ourselves, what, what kind of things can we do? You, you know, one of just one of the real simple, like tangible, touchable, tasteable, simple steps, practical steps that at first might seem a little strange if you haven't done it. But it's something that helped me years ago and helped many clients of mine is to have a daily practice of actually visualizing and seeing that young version of ourselves, you know, to actually visualize and see that little kid aspect of ourselves. Because so much of our reactions today, I mean, maybe some of the listeners have felt like they've been in a certain situation or in a certain relationship. You know, we talked about relationship brings up all those parts of ourselves. That's not love. It reveals our patterns. It can be often a source of great joy, but often a source of great pain because it shows us those parts of ourselves that aren't healed. And often relationships triggers 
you may, you may have noticed that many times in relationship, your reactions, your way of being in relationship, all of a sudden you thought you were 25 or 35 or 45 or 55, and all of a sudden your partner says something or does something or doesn't respond a certain way, and all of a sudden you're five years old again. You know, because it's, it's often those young parts that get triggered along the way. You know, and I believe that unconsciously we, 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 we attract to ourselves, there's a deep impulse inside of us for completion. So we attract to ourselves partners that often fit the dynamics that were unresolved and incomplete for us as children. So many times, one thing that's really powerful, that's a simple, tangible thing to do, is to spend daily time, maybe it's five minutes, maybe it's 10 minutes of dedicated time, just bringing that inner child part of us to awareness. And you know, it can be as simple as closing one's eyes and seeing that part of ourselves and just allowing yourself to feel the connection with that little kid inside, that, that young you, and to feel what that young you was feeling. It can often be quite emotional if you really allow it and to and to take a step back and look at that part and to speak to that part, to connect with that part, to begin developing a relationship with that part and essentially start bringing loving energy and healing energy and communication because, you know, usually there's a part of us that, that knows better, there's a wise part of us, but many of our reactions don't happen from that wise part of us is triggered by that little kid part of us. So to be able to bring loving to that part of us, to bring healing energy and compassion and tenderness and give that aspect of us what it didn't get and to speak to it and to, and to help that young version of ourselves recreate a new story as well and to understand new perceptions and give it new interpretations because often that young kid part of us made up interpretations. Something happened and our parents weren't around or, or you know, our, our, our father left or our mother left or there was a divorce and we made up a certain story that wasn't necessarily based on reality. We often made up a certain story of I'm not lovable or it was my fault or it's because of me or if I was more, I'm not pretty enough. And, and often it's not reality, it's just we were doing the best we could at that as a five, six, seven-year-old making certain interpretations that weren't accurate. So I think it's important we go back and do that, that reparenting, that self-loving. And to me, real healing is applying love to those parts of ourselves. So practicing that daily is a beautiful, simple way. Just simply place your hands on your heart, close your eyes, feel that little kid, feel if you can see, feel, connect to that little kid part of yourself and loving is, is a beautiful way to begin. I mean, there's, there's other ways, but there's beautiful ways, ways to, to really begin, for sure. And, you know, and I think the, one, one of the other things is, <clears throat> is, is important, too, is from that place. It's, it's less of a specific thing, but it's specific in a different way in that to really honor one's feelings, to have a practice of feeling what you're feeling, to tuning into your feeling, to taking a moment, to, to going, what do I really feel? And not denying, not rationalizing, not suppressing and feeling what you're feeling. And, you know, to me, that is loving yourself, to feel what you're feeling, to honor what you're feeling, to acknowledge what you're feeling. Because then as you feel what you're feeling, honor what you're feeling, acknowledge what you're feeling, tell the truth to yourself, then either it will dissolve 
or either you can make choices from that place that will be self-honoring. But when we don't feel our feelings, we disconnect from our truth. When we disconnect from our truth, we often make choices and then end up create, making decisions and creating a life that's based on a lie versus a life that truly honors who we are. And I think that's an important practice in self-loving is to honor ourselves and to feel our feelings is, is a foundation. It's a foundation for that. And you, would, you, would you agree that self-love has to be an ongoing practice for all of us right now, um, whether we're in relationship or not? Um, we have to stay, stand still for a minute and each day and, and really embrace the love that we are. How, how yeah. pivotal is that? Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's, it's the foundation. You know, you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's the core. It's, it's ongoing. It, it, it sometimes you well, cool. I, you know, uh, I love myself for like a week. You know, I did the practice and, you know, it was great. And, 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 and now it's three months later and I don't feel great. And I often say, well, have you done it since? You know, it's just like saying, well, I went to a great weekend at seminar and then, uh, then yes, but it, it's a daily practice. It's like an ongoing relationship with oneself. It's not just an event. To me, transformation is a process. It's like in order to build a relationship with someone else, you don't just have a great weekend with them in Mexico and like that's it. You you speak to them every day. You know, if I said, how often do you speak to your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife? Do you speak to them once a month, once a year? Have a great Christmas and that's it. You speak to them daily. You know, for those that are listening that have children, it's it's like you know how do you develop a relationship with your child if you just you know if if you gave birth to your child or your child was one years old and then you just left your child at home and said I'll be back and you didn't come back for seven years how much of a relationship would you have with that child you'd come back and the child wouldn't even know you you'd come back and say hey I'm back and the child would look at you like who are you you know I'm eight years old now who are you because well you know I mean, I'm your, I'm your father, I'm your mother. There'd be no connection. So it's so important to have the consistency in the relationship. And I say with yourself, and I say your relationship with yourself is the found, core foundation. Your relationship with yourself is the foundation with your relationship with others. And I believe that, you know, those that are listening that want to have a relationship, that you, relationship to me is a mirror, is a f mirror feedback mechanism. So I'd ask everyone, do you, do you like what you see? Do you like what you are attracting and who you are attracting into your life? <clears throat> do you like what you are attracting with the partner that you're currently with? Because ultimately, there is no relationship out there. There is really a relationship out there that is a relationship that is a manifestation of that relationship with yourself. So you are essentially in relationship with an aspect of yourself, with a dimension of yourself, with a mirror of yourself that has manifested in the form of the partner that is physically in your life. Your, your partner, your romantic partner is giving you feedback about your own level of consciousness, about where you're at, about what you most need to heal. So many times we try and change that person if they would be more like that, if they would love me more like that, and we, if they would treat me more like that. But if relationship is a mirror, you can spend your time trying to change what's out there, or you can say, wait a second, if, if if this is a feedback mechanism and I've attracted into myself an aspect of myself,
then the real healing, the real power, the real freedom, rather than trying to change your partner, is to shift what's going on in here. And that is your relationship with yourself. I often say that, you know, and this is just kind of a reality to adopt for a moment, is, uh, and I found it quite beneficial, I often say that your relationship with your partner will not exceed your relationship with yourself. So if you really want an amazing relationship with someone, you have to have that really amazing relationship with yourself, and that comes through daily practice. Because if you want a relationship with someone, you have to have daily communication, daily honesty, daily self-loving, and do loving things for each other. So to me, it's, it's really no, no different uh, with, with you. And, and, as, and I believe that as you love yourself, as you heal yourself, uh, as you transform yourself, as you nourish yourself, that energy, that healing, that transformation will become to uh, will, will begin to become reflected in the partner that either you're currently with or the types of people you attract into your life and if you're with someone I, I will say guaranteed if you're with someone that isn't loving you in the way you would like them to be loving you take a look at that mirror take a look at that feedback take a look at what that's reflecting to you about yourself and your own relationship with yourself and as you love yourself and heal yourself and fill yourself and validate and transform yourself and bring yourself back into wholeness there will be changes either that partner you're with will start to just shift and change and the dynamic between you will change and they will begin kind of loving you more as you set your boundaries as you hold the highest standard as you speak your voice things will change with that person and or things will change in that you'll no longer be with them and you'll attract a different uh, mirror manifestation in the form of a partner into your life but the daily consistent self-love it's like working out you know you don't just go to the gym once a week or well maybe some people do but that's not a great recipe for having you know a great body and a great physical health so uh, you know if to really be healthy you go to the gym you know three four five six seven times a week or however many times it is you look at great triathletes great great athletes you know a great triathlete trains five hours a day and we often say oh i wish i I wish I was like that guy. I wish I had that person's body. I wish I had that person's health. Yeah, but we don't realize that that triathlete trains six hours a day, five hours a day, three hours a day, whatever it is, to, to have that uh, physique, to have that stamina, to have that energy. So I think uh, it's important we, we give ourselves that self-loving as a foundation, and from there what we attract to us will, will mirror that. Mm, I completely agree with you, and I think that, one of the main points for me anyway to take away from this conversation today is um, that awareness of perhaps if there is a negative thought process or a pattern going on in your mind to look deeper and say, okay, what, what is that? Um, actually, is, is, am I caring for myself here? What, what is going on? Um, I think that's a really important point as well as all the other stuff we spoke about today. So thank you for your time. I know you want to mention about an event you're doing uh, called the Man Breakthrough Experience. So I've met a couple of women on, who've done this now, and they rave about it. So if you want to tell the listeners a bit more about that, go Just for it. Just say a, a quick minute about it. and uh, it's, it's called the Man Breakthrough Experience, and it's, uh, it's an amazing weekend seminar, October 10th, 11th, 12th, uh, this round in Los Angeles, California. And we have, you know... 
few hundred women that come from all over the world to attend this amazing weekend. It's a, how, how shall I say, it's a, it's a two and a half day uh, radical transformational experiential seminar training uh, that is really about helping you as a woman decode men, release the hidden blocks that keep you from experiencing love and creating a life of your dreams. And as I said, it's two and a half days. It's experiential. It's immersion. It's designed to give you as a woman the insights into understanding men like never before, as well as clearing, healing, transforming, whatever's been in the way and preventing you from attracting love and the love you deserve, the love you desire, the love you wanted. It's, it's, uh, it's not so much about t just taking notes and giving you information because Lord knows there's already so much information out there, so many books and seminars on how to catch a man and keep a man and, and, and you know marry a millionaire and get this kind of man that to me, the books have been written. And if the books were enough, you know, I often ask myself, uh, as I spoke to many clients, and you know, if the books were enough, why why is the divorce rate one in two? If the books were enough, why do so many women, even though they've read the information, they know what they should do, they know what they shouldn't do, why do they keep repeating the same patterns in relationship over and over and over and over again? And what I found is information by itself is not enough. Uh, uh, what often drives us to repeat many of the patterns is conditioning is our conditioning and our programming. So this two and a half days is a deep dive uh, and transformational process to help each, a woman, each woman uh, transform your conditioning around relationship and transform and clear and heal whatever the programming you've been carrying that often you're not aware of. You'll be guided, loved, stretched in unimaginable ways that will unlock your heart, identify and clear any unconscious blocks and remove the emotional obstacles that limit you and shift whatever the damaging patterns, negative patterns might be that prevent you from, from experiencing relationship. And as you peel, as I've said, I think earlier in this call, as you peel those layers away within yourself, what I found each woman, and I think this is why each woman raves, is because uh, the secret I'll let any of the women considering coming into is ultimately it's not about a man. We've been talking about self-love. Steve, I think you hit the nail on the head. That is the core, that is the foundation of any relationship. And uh, I say it's not about a man. Even though it's called a man breakthrough, it's not about a man. We just use the, the conversation and the metaphor and the symbolic topic of men and relationship as a feedback tool, as a bridge to a woman's heart to have a conversation with her, with you as a woman, about yourself, because relationship often brings up those parts of yourself that most need to be looked at. Relationship often triggers those parts of yourself that most need to be healed. So it's not about a man, ultimately, if you're a woman that's thinking about coming, it's about you and transforming those hidden blocks inside of yourself. And my intention is to assist each woman in this two and a half days to transform internally, in such a way that if you want a man and want big love, you can attract the kind of man into your life that reflects back to your own beauty, your own value, your own self-worth, the level at which you love your own self. And as you peel away those layers, what each woman realizes, and I think this is why she raves, is because she realizes, whoa, I've been looking for love, but I... <clears throat> You know, I am love. This seminar reconnects you with the essential, not intellectually going, yes, I am love, one step, two step, three step, but it reconnects you to a direct experience of yourself as love itself. And I believe that as 
as you, as a woman, get in touch with that love and feel it and live that and experience that, there's a, there's a fullness. There's, you know, as a woman is being love, radiant love, alive, that there's nothing as attractive as a woman that is full in her love, ripe in her love, that from that place, uh, you become an attractive force like a flower and uh, a man, the right kind of man, will feel you and see you. And without you seeking and looking and finding and strategizing, that right kind of man will be attracted to your essence, to your aroma, to your, to your light. So it's a, it's a really unique transformational process for women that are ready to experience big love, whether you're married, whether you're single, doesn't really matter. It's, it's about a love breakthrough. And uh, so October 10th, 11th, uh, would love to invite all of your listeners. And uh, what I'll say is uh, if anyone signs up and lets us know they come through you, um, it's, uh, we'll give a special price of 197 Plus, you get to bring a guest for free. Just, just mention uh, Steve and Raw Attraction. Great. Thanks, Q. And if you want to check that out, go to themanbreakthroughexperience.com. And if you want to get that discount, just uh, do as Coot says when you sign up. And, yeah, I totally recommend checking it out. So get on down there if you can make it. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Coot, for spending your time again today. For your Thanks for, for having me. It's always a real pleasure. And just keep doing great work, brother. Did you know you can get all of our podcasts on our free podcast app? Head over to rawattractionpodcast.com to download the app now. For the world's most ecstatic love and sex podcasts, bonus videos, and exclusive articles, head to rawattractionpodcast.com to get the free app now.